Thank you for tuning in to Voice of Islam Jamaica. The following is a recorded program of a live show. Please do not call in, but feel free to send messages on our WhatsApp line at 876-283-9533. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May the peace and blessings of God be unto you. Hello dear listeners. Welcome once again to Voice of Islam, brought to you by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here in Jamaica. At Voice of Islam, we seek to educate the general public on issues and concerns people might have about the religion of Islam. I am your host, Imam Ibrahim Fawson. Voice of Islam is sponsored by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community and the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is one of the over 70 denominations in Islam. This community believes in the advent of the reformer of the age, His Holiness Mirza Ghulam Ahmed, may peace be upon him. This community is also spread across over 200 countries and believes in peaceful coexistence and also rejects any form of violence against God's creation. Our motto is love for all and hatred for none. Last week on Voice of Islam, we spoke about a very important subject which contributes to the well-being or the downfall of societies. We looked at various angles from the scriptures, how important marriage is, and also took interest in several factors that have to be considered, which makes marriage a very important establishment in societies. For those of you who were with us last week, you might recall that we uh, looked at age requirement, we looked at compatibility, we also had a look at polygamy since it is one of the most common um, discussions that come up whenever Muslims are talking about marriage. We also looked at polygamy itself, whether the Bible condemns it or it is permissible in the Bible. We also took a keen um, interest and dissected with figures and references how broken down homes negatively affect our societies. Today on Voice of Islam, we are continuing with the same subject, but looking at how to have a successful marriage. If from the previous discussions, a young man and a young woman have decided, they qualify all the points we spoke about last week, and they intend to get married, what are the processes they have to pass through what are some of the things they have to look for? How are they to sustain the marriage and how to have a successful marriage? This is what we're going to look at today. And as usual, to help me uh, discuss this topic, I am joined by Imam Tariq Azim, who is president and missionary in charge of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. Imam Tariq, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu and welcome once again to Voice of Islam. Uh, wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May peace and blessings be upon you and also all the listeners. So Imam Tariq, today I want us to look at um, how to make or how to have a successful marriage. Should two individuals who qualify, 
who you know fulfill all the requirements intend to get married in islam the first question is what should these people look for in choosing their lifetime partners uh, last week we spent quite a lot of time on explaining the importance of marriage sure. and as you mentioned listening to those statistics there is no doubt that marriage is the building block of a peaceful society sure if you wish to have a peaceful and harmonious society you need to have marriages and successful marriages this ensures peace at the time being this ensures peace for the coming generations we also looked at uh, places where you know with uh, many broken homes or uh, where marriage is not practiced so uh, in a proper manner and different things like that it was mentioned that 20 years down the road those places uh, with broken homes a lot of broken families results in much higher crime rate sure because of the children that are being born into that and those broken sure. families sure. so it is extremely essential and important um and uh, today as you mentioned we will look at uh, some other aspects of this very topic that is marriage you have asked me that what should a person look for in choosing a life partner especially from islamic teachings what what do we consider necessary there is a very simple answer and it is given by holy prophet muhammad peace and blessings of god be upon him the founder of islam he said that a woman is married for four reasons this can be applied to man as well so basically a person is married for four things four reasons number 1 wealth number 2 family status number 3 beauty or physique number 4 religion righteousness and then he said that you should give preference to righteousness you should give preference to religion to her faith or his faith this is the teaching given in islam that when we are choosing a life partner we should choose the one that is more righteous and more follower of the religion i mean when we look around us the society around us we find this to be very true the other three things mentioned by the prophet uh, peace be upon him look at it i mean there there, there are many, many marriages that take place due to wealth you look at uh, you see that someone is so and so is rich you you know uh, people often uh, try to get closer to that person and then eventually they look to get married not necessarily for a good healthy relationship sure. but more to d- uh, derive financial benefit from that person we see this in the uh, case of you know for wealth but another thing that i have very often noticed it is that if you know that someone has permanent residence or green card for the us or one of these other first world countries and uh, you know it could be male or female the other person desires the spouse you know or the wanting spouse uh, would des- desire that i should marry this person because this would mean uh, some of the riches coming sure. my way as well some of the luxuries or ease coming my way as well but if that is the foundation of religion uh, of marriage that you are getting married for financial benefits for worldly benefits then that marriage will not succeed or more than likely it will not succeed because in most cases these things are temporary exactly um, finances you spoke about the prophet sallallahu alaihi encouraging that um, people get married f- at least for four reasons beauty um world the family honor 
and also fit. But then he said we should always focus on fit focus because on fit. the rest are temporary. They can, you know, vanish at any point in time. So if, for instance, the marriage was based on the person's um, beauty and the person's, you know, that, that person, God forbid, has some kind of um, ailment or sickness which reduces the beauty of the person, the center or the bedrock of that marriage is gone and, that, and then the marriage is not going to be sustainable. Yeah. If it was for money and the person loses um, their job, then, of course, it's going to be the same thing. But then a person who is faithful, I mean, will never, will never, you know, go back to um, be unfaithful and other things. So that, in, that, that is what the Prophet yes. is talking about. Yes, I mean, you look at the other examples as well, the status, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, mentioned, um, that is not the financial status in a sure. society, but rather the, the fam family background, the status. Sure, sure. Uh, and maybe not in our society here, but in many parts of the world, because Prophet, peace be upon him, is not talking about one society, he is talking about the world. In many societies, it is, uh, you know, uh, looked down upon to marry outside of your caste, especially if that caste is considered to be lower in the eyes of the world. Sure. You try to marry either within your own caste or clan, or you try to marry someone from a higher caste. So, I mean, the reason for that is because people uh, wish to attain respect and honor in the society sure. by claiming to be from so-and-so family. But again, again, if that is the reason, many of the marriages will not work. Again, some might work, but many will not. You look at the third thing that the Prophet, peace be upon him, explained, Salaam. that is beauty. This happens all around us. We see this everywhere, very commonly, let alone in... Um, you know, in celebrities and things like that, you hear of this more. But looking at the society around us, most of the marriages take place because of this fact, that is beauty. You see someone to be uh, physically attractive, male or female, and you're drawn to that person and then you want to marry that person. This is, again, I mean, eventually, because beauty or whatever it is, it is not everlasting. It doesn't last forever. Nothing, none of these things last. Sure. So therefore, those marriages were, which are founded upon these type of things are often ending in um, you know, failed marriages or divorces, which, which is very dangerous for the society, as you mentioned. If you look uh, at famous, popular, well-known celebrities from media, from, uh, you know, from TV sure. and whatnot, or sports or someone else, they, many of them, especially males, you would notice that they would find and marry those types of women which are considered to be extraordinarily beautiful. Sure. And now sometimes you wonder that why did this match or why did this matchup happen? One person was drawn to the fame and the, the money of the other and the other was drawn to the beauty, extraordinary beauty of a particular person. So these things unfortunately have, uh, have become the dominant factors in deciding our marriages and that's why we noticed that the uh, this again there is many other reasons, but this is one of the reasons that the marriage that the marriages have been failing because the purpose, the intention behind those marriages wasn't pure. So as I mentioned, the Prophet peace be upon him has said that uh, a man or a woman is married for four things: wealth, family status, beauty, and religion. Explaining this further, a Muslim saint was one time asked that. Um, you know, he was uh, uh, a person was looking for a good uh, husband for his daughter. So, he, so he asked the saint that, "What should I look for in my in my uh, son-in-law? You know, to be husband of my daughter." Sure. And the saint replied that you should look for righteousness, 
Because yeah. if you find a righteous son-in-law, sure. husband to your daughter, if he, if the marriage works out good, if they are happy together, he will honor her and respect her and treat her like a queen. Sure. But if he, if the marriage doesn't work out and that there is differences between them, he will not oppress her. Because righteousness will make sure that you don't do anything wrong to, to, to your spouse. So righteousness goes a long way. When you look for someone who is righteous, he will always do what, what, what is right in every situation or you expect him or her to do what is right in every situation. This is very important. And um, let me just um, give a quick reminder to our listeners that in the course of the program, if they have any question or concern, they can send it to us by way of WhatsApp and the number is 876-283-9533. Again, 876-283-9533. And in case you missed last week's program, it is also available on our podcast, voiceofislamjamaica.com. You go and this program and the previous ones are going to be are available on the podcast. So you can just listen to them. Here I would also like to add, I mean, um, about marriage. The Holy Quran has said in chapter 30, verse 21, yeah. God says, and one of his signs is that he has created for you spouses from amongst yourselves so that you might take comfort in them and he has placed between you love and mercy. So here God Almighty is referring to the uh, you know sacred or important of, yeah. institution of marriage and he's saying that he's reminding us that why the marriage is there yeah. it is for you to have comfort to have peace so that you have love at heart for each other so that you practice mercy this is the teaching given in the holy quran when we are choosing a life partner sure. we should look for these things where we can find these things yeah. rather than aiming for wealth or financial or uh, family status or uh, some other person being very beautiful or you know appealing to our eyes in, on that particular day these are the things that we need to be looking for if you want a peaceful home then these are the things that is love kindness sure. mercy and such traits that we need to look in our partner and particularly uh, righteousness as i highlighted but unfortunately people concentrate on the financial aspect and it, is, it is so alarming that in recent times what we see, some of the young guys, and I, ha I mean, I'm speaking from something that we've seen and, you know, witnessed over and over. They go and rent cars and, you know, they kind of, you know, flash it out. And that is the, the, the stage, the first stage of proposing to the woman. So the woman sees this gentleman driving a Porsche car rented for about two months or three months. And they get a woman, of course, you fall for because yeah, you see the gentleman having this, this Porsche car. After the marriage, he sends back the car, the vehicle, and he tells you I have sold it. And if the marriage was around that vehicle, the marriage, I mean, the vehicle goes and the marriage begins to, you know, descend Humble sharply. So it is, it is something very serious. But I also know that there are some individuals who also come from um, rich background. There are several instances where they pretend to be poor. They want to have pious and dedicated, committed spouses. So they pretend to be poor 
sometimes they travel from where people know them to be rich and they go to places where people don't know them. Sometimes they might be riding bicycles. You, I mean, just, just present themselves to be. And once they get a person who loves them in the form and the shape, they see them. Now they come and introduce themselves really who they are. So, I mean, these are some of the things people, you know, adopt. Righteousness is something that does not exist only in the poor or one type of sure, person. Sure. It exists every place. Sure. Right? We will find uh, people who are God-fearing, God-loving in every type of sure, people. Sure. But it's just that we need to look for that for person, that quality, yeah. that quality sure. when we are going out and, and searching for our, our partner, our life partner. Sure. So th- because if someone is righteous, especially in, uh, in their youth, in their young years, sure. they're going to stay righteous for a very long for, time yeah, till sure, their life sure. ends, uh, you know, till they're called back by God Almighty. Sure. The reason I say that is because youth is the time where temptations many temptations many are there calling towards sure. evil things. Sure. And if you can, if one can put them aside and maintain their chastity, righteousness and God's love, then it means that they're going to their value, they're holding fast to their values. And now after this, the journey will get easier for them rather. So this this is why righteousness is something that will uh, serve us in our improving our marriages or uh, making sure that we have a successful marriage. Thank you very much. Um, Let's look at this which also is one of the um, contributing factors, of course, not making marriages successful. Um, wedding. Wedding has become a fancy part of you know, marriage. And people go almost all extent to present themselves as the top in town or the type of marriage which has never happened before. Some people go for loans they have extravagant you know um, marriages and other things how does islam encourage people i mean would be couples how to be simple i mean simple adopting simplicity exactly simplicity is the hallmark of islamic faith modesty making things not too um, you know flashy or extravagant this is what the teaching of islam is regarding most things basically and marriage or wedding especially is, is similar as well we see around us that people have their life savings spent on their weddings. They spend whatever they have accumulated, saved up in past two years, three years. It will be spent for that one in that during that one week where so many festivities are going on. This happens here around us in Jamaica, and actually, I would say it happens even more around us because we see people from other countries coming. You know, like from sure. USA, UK sure. and Canada or Germany come here to to have their uh, island or resort wedding. They spend tens of thousands of dollars, sometimes hundreds of thousands of dollars, uh, rent out the most expensive hotel and all these other things are going on, other festivities. And then they spend their, you know, again, as I mentioned, their life savings on those marriages. Why are they doing that? The reason they do that is because the society has put this in their minds that this is the most important day of your life and whatever you have, spend it all here. Rather, this is not true. There is many uh, people who will say that it is not the destination but the journey that matters. So the journey is just starting actually. The journey, that is what you need to save for. If you have saved up, accumulated some wealth and you want to uh, improve your married life, 
use it wisely to to you know spend it in a way where which will help you once you are married rather than spending all it in one day so where do people learn this they see it on the tv they see it on the news i was going through the before the program sure. the most expensive weddings that have ever taken place the number one most expensive wedding you wouldn't believe is from 1981 1981 it was the marriage or wedding of uh, prince charles and lady diana yeah. and 110 million dollars us dollars were spent on that wedding 110 million dollars that is us 110 million us dollars then then exactly and now what was the result of that wedding 16 years later 15 years later it ended down. in a divorce sure. so um, spending money on your wedding day does not guarantee anything sure. rather it it puts you in a situation which we, we not them necessarily but most of us who put our life savings into weddings what it does is it puts us on the back foot right on the first day of the marriage we are struggling to maintain our finances and what not sure. if we had spent that same money towards investing into a house for our family maybe that would be a better better uh, way of going about things or if we really feel that um, we have some extra amount of money go and help the poor yeah, give to this give, give to, to charities to charity. Th- this will help you start off your marriage in a very nice yeah. manner on a very strong Because footing in, that in we are a couple that looks out for humanity in any case we all believe in you know charity and reward that comes after it correct yes and um, uh, uh, there are many marriages or many couples that actually do that that plan out a very uh, you know detailed and fancy wedding but later on they realize that none of these things matter these are all materialistic thoughts so what they do is they i mean not very often but sure. there are examples sure. people who go out and give it to the ch- give uh, to the needy right so even if you're not going to that extent at least at least make sure that your wedding is held in a simple manner this is the teaching of islam that simplicity will bring about better results than extravagance or all these other things one of the weddings of a very well known uh, celebrity took place some years ago to another uh, to an athlete another well known sure. uh, figure the marriage lasted less than 3 months you can imagine how much money they would have had they yeah. would have spent on sure, their on sure. their marriage how does islam encourage i mean teach muslims yes. in terms of wedding of course we do it we do i mean we have weddings we call walima um the nikahs i mean the, the the wedding so to say and then the party is called walima how is it supposed to be in terms of simplicity going back to the same simplicity yes islamic teaching is that there is only one feast that is part of the marriage sure unlike the feasts that we see just keep on going starting from the engagement and onwards towards the you know the actual marriage and yeah. honeymoon and all these other things that are considered part of the wedding um, course or part of the wedding system these days in reality in according to the teachings of islam it is very simple there is announcement of the marriage which takes place usually at a mosque not necessarily sure. usually at a mosque in front of the people or in a, in a in a gathering in a gathering and at the end of the gathering usually um at the end of the announcement usually some light sweets very light sweets affordable by everybody are distributed to the people to mark the occasion or the happiness of the occasion which you wouldn't call a feast 
but after the announcement uh, once you know the marriage has been consummated the husband or you know basically he both, both parties could also both yeah. parties could do it together sure. but th- th- it is In the responsibility cases, yeah. of the husband who will who is expected to be the breadwinner for the new family sure. so it is his responsibility to give a feast to at least some people it doesn't have to be uh, the whole neighborhood or the whole city or something like that within his uh, pocket means, money means, within yeah. his means uh, and the closest friends he can invite and again he does not need to go all out spending everything on that feast it needs to be a simple and a humble meal and whatever it can be the prophet peace be upon him uh, told one companion that he said awlim walaw bishatin yeah. that give the feast for marriage sure. for the wedding even if it is only one small goat sure if you're feeding uh, 50 people 80 people a goat is nothing sure so he said give the feast still feast is necessary but it doesn't have to be very elaborate and fancy or anything like that so this is the teaching given in islam that marriages need to be very simple right now basically what is happening is that we have put ourselves in a cycle that someone did this wedding in this place and he spent this and this much money now we are going to outdo them outdo them, them. yeah outdo and them. this vicious cycle you know we are all getting sucked into it every now and then and instead of improving our financial situation we bring ourselves back down after every sure. wedding that takes place around us like for example if a father has three or four children to get married in islamic culture most of the times the father looks after the weddings of the children also in islamic culture most of the islamic cultures and uh, what you would see is that many a times after the wedding you would notice that the the parents go back into a sort of a slump or in a, f- a yeah, financial situation like a we have th- nothing re- left recession and recession <laughs> and they are worried that how are they going to save up enough For by the time of the next child's yeah, wedding the child is, is, is married so simplicity actually is 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 good and that is what um islam encourages that we adopt during weddings and i mean so to ensure the sustainability of the marriage because um the the wedding is only the start of the journey how unfortunate a person will be when you are traveling and you need to keep some money on you but then you spend much of the money a huge some of the money you have making a party before you start the journey and at the end of the day you, you have nothing left mm-hmm. you know undertaking a month long journey or whatever so um that is what islam offers for us and i believe if we adopt this kind of um practices and teachings uh, our marriages would not be a fun fair but then it would you know um be a lasting one which would also have god's blessing let's look at um the responsibilities this is also another um issue the lack of which also um puts many marriages on a shaky uh, footing what are the responsibilities couple have towards each other in islam yes marriages or union coming together of sure. two people from different backgrounds from different backgrounds it requires some work you know to make it successful sure. when two people uh, are in a classroom environment are put together to work on a school sure. project they have to um, sometimes compromise with each other on different situations to make that project happen yeah um i i think one thing we didn't get to mention before one thing we should keep in mind that 
there is no perfect partner for anybody as sometimes people imagine. They they imagine that they will one day find a partner that they would not have any, any trouble kind of with to do it to do on <laughs> any them. kind of work to do on them and they would go about living very peacefully right off right right away. That's not how life goes. That's not how it happens. Every successful couple whose marriage has been a success for decades will tell sure, you sure. that how they had to adapt to the other person, how they had to change such and such about themselves, not about the other person, sure. about themselves to make the marriage work and find peace themselves in that sure, environment, sure. in that home. And um, so that's first thing that we need to understand that our expectations from another person should not be that this is exactly how my partner is going to be. And if it is any way, any other way, then it is not working. No, you and I or everyone has to make sure on our own that we work hard and we uh, we try to make the marriage work because that is the ultimate goal. Um, you play your role in taking care of your partner. Sure. In return, your partner will take care of you and together you will make the marriage work. The home basically that you're building together, it is supposed to provide a peaceful environment. So keep in mind that we, you know, you both have to, husband and wife both have to uh, basically assist in that goal, providing a peaceful and comfortable home. If I am to put it very in short terms, I would say that kindness, politeness, openness and transparency uh, in, in general matters that are sure. taking place in the house and uh, respecting each other, um, forgiving the mistakes, minor mistakes of each other are the basic things. Not keeping secrets also sustains marriages. Yes. Transparency sure. needs to be there. Sure. Um, again, one needs to have confidence in his or her spouse that sure. they won't do anything wrong. But at the same time, each partner needs to make sure that they are very straightforward. right? Without being other person being nosy, the first person needs to make sure that I'm not hiding anything from my partner. Because secrets are you know, unveiled at some point in time and they eventually damage the marriage. Sure. One very important point before I get into the list, I actually have a list of things that I, 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 I can mention here. Sure. Um, one very important aspect which the Holy Quran mentions in chapter 2 verse 187 is that they, your wives, are a clothing for you or a covering for you and you too are a covering for them. So this is important to understand that uh, there are many things that, that, that are private between sure. the couple, between couples, sure. between husband and wife. And those things, those secrets, those private matters need to be kept private regardless of the situation. Sure. Even if there is a conflict going on between, between the couple. It is a solemn promise they have taken to keep each other you know, back. Exactly. And if that is done, it helps sustain the marriage because you might get over that conflict or that argument in a day or two or even a week. Even if it is very serious, you might get over it. But what, like, for example, if you go out exposing the secrets of the other person sure. to, to your Not friends or to uh, just anybody just to, you know, uh, vent your uh, anger, it is going to cost you the marriage and instead of helping the marriage you are breaking any chance losing any chance of repairing it so maintaining privacy is an extremely important issue going back to the rights and responsibilities um, that couples sure. or uh, spouses have towards each other 
I, I made a short list of 10 things. It, okay. it can be expanded into many more, yeah. but due to keeping the constraint of time in mind, I, I kept it to 10. Number one thing would be that husband and wife should look out for comfort of each other. Instead of troubling the other person, they should look at how they can best provide comfort to their spouse. If this mentality is there, you know, if this mentality is there, then we will be able to uh, make the marriage successful regardless of our differences, conflicts or whatever comes and up. And I think, I think that is very important because unfortunately nowadays people watch movies and they expect their spouses to be as, you know, portrayed in the movies, which in most cases is not possible to happen yeah. and they, they get disappointed. I remember, what, I mean, I, I think I, I told you one day, somebody, when I was get preparing to get married, somebody told me, he gave me a simple advice. He said, look, whoever you are going to marry, form an opinion that that individual has only 50% of the characters or the qualities you expect in her. And you also have only 50%. It is up to you to work on her to make sure you get her into 100% as you expect. If you fail in that, it means you have failed in you know your, your duties. And it is also her duty to also ensure that she also works on you to attain. So it is a kind of a responsibility that we share to make sure we get, I mean, that kind of, you know, a balance in our spouse. Exactly, exactly. I agree with you. Number two. And so the first uh, point, sure. look to provide comfort to each other. Number two, if you have children, if you have family that, you know, ch the family is growing, both should provide assistance. Husband and wife, both should take care of raising the children. The primary responsibility, according to the teaching of Islam, due to the innate abilities of women it is or mothers, it is you know given to them that you should take care of the children. But nowhere it is mentioned that husbands should not assist. Husbands must assist and they should play their role in raising the children and giving them good, um, strong and solid uh, moral training. This is what is taught in the Holy Quran and, yeah. and, and, and uh, readings of uh, Prophet Muhammad, sayings of Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. When we look at the example of uh, holy founder of Islam, peace be upon him, we see that uh, his example was such that he never said that I am the the, sure. the leader of the house or the because man of the house, or and now everything should be based on. He also gave the advice that the leader of the people is the, their servant. Exactly. So exactly. and I was going back to that because the man has been given that kind of breadwinning responsibility to provide for yes the family the holy quran does say that uh, husband or man has been made guardian for his family sure, sure. that uh, term you can you know understand that, it as that, that he's been made responsible Chapter and it is it yeah. is his responsibility now that he takes care of his family sure. but from there if a man goes out and understands that no my it should be my way or the highway no, that's not, not the understanding sure. given in the sure. holy quran the holy quran talks about mutual agreement and working together to make the relationship work both have been given their responsibilities and both need to fulfill their responsibilities this is the teaching given sure. in islam sure. so uh as I mentioned, the second point was both should uh, take care of children together. Number three, husband must try and provide for family. Okay. It is his responsibility to take care of the needs of his wife. Okay. Particularly the wife here and then the children, of course. So the woman, according to Islam, the wife is allowed to go out and work. But it is not her primary responsibility, primary responsibility 
to to provide for the house so husband it's his responsibility according to the holy quran and he should play this part rather than being lazy or not going out and working and not raising enough funds to to uh, to sustain the family so again if any of these rights or uh, responsibilities are neglected the marriage is in jeopardy then. Sure. number four is loyalty towards each other and moral support that husband and wife both need to provide each other you know in good and bad times uh, especially wives they need to play a role that if a man is going through a difficult time at his work is not able to find work instead of um, you know uh, uh, cursing them abusing them using harsh language towards them insulting them they have to be their comforter and exactly the comforter the moral support for them sure. because if um, one person is in the right state of mind he is he, he has or she has support with him they can get many things done but if uh, they are they are having to listen to this you know constant nagging or insults at at the house it is not going to translate into any success outside either so this is one thing that they need to be loyal to each other at all times even in difficult times as well as good times i've given the example of women towards men but it applies both ways not just sure. one way number 5 this is very important um, in my understanding that both should respect the relatives of each other particularly the parents and sure. you know the, the siblings yeah, yeah because what happens is that if i were to insult the mother or uh, the father of my or spouse you say harsh harsh word towards, harsh towards, them, towards yeah. them even if i believe them to be true w- this is reach you know touching a sensitive area of the other person this is going to trigger um basically a response which would in which the spouse would say something back to you sure right and that would basically the fights or arguments or the conflicts would just linger on if i show respect to the in-laws to my in-laws then naturally my wife will be more respectful and tolerant and kind towards my uh, parents. parents as sure. well and my sure. family as well so this is important that both should treat each other's relatives with kindness and respect number 6 both should have trust in each other and they should not be too nosy into each other's affairs so the trust needs to be there we already talked about sure. not having secrets but still this needs to be there too that we should have this confidence that our spouse t- keeps no uh, secrets from me or you know from yeah. uh, from each other number 7 listening to each other this uh has always been an issue but i feel this is becoming more of more of an issue with so many distractions around us there's tv around us there's phones the right phone, in our yeah. hands all these things because of that what what happens is we don't listen to our spouses very well we get distracted too easily and these things are such that uh, reduces the quality time that we spend together with our spouses so if we control our addictions may it be tv may it be phone whatever it might be it will help us movies, sustain our marriage better. movies and other movies and what not it will help uh, help our uh, marriage many a times i've noticed that because we we life has gotten busier sure, sure. if you compare it to the past so in this time and age even if we allocate that this is our um distraction free time yeah, private that time, private, private time yeah. it will allow you to have better marriage some of the researchers have have uh, concluded that we should have family dinner together every day and that would allow us to have that type of conversation 
uh, everybody there and it would create a strong family so that that is another another way to go but quality time needs to be there and again we should not expect our spouse i should also say that to to listen to us all the time sure. rather we should expect them that they will give us some time and Disag- respect i mean disagree yeah to ag- agree to disagree or whatever disagree to agree yes moving on number 8 is that uh, we should always be complimenting each other spouses should always compliment each other um some people hurt each other while saying that um i'm just speaking the truth so yeah. you know therefore i can sure. say whatever yeah. i want yeah. now yeah. No, that is not how it works. You should rather compliment each other. If there is something good that you see in the other person, appreciate it. If there is food that is cooked well, appreciate it. If the some person is dressed very nicely, appreciate that. If someone has, uh, you know, achieved something else in their lives, a promotion at the job or uh, done well in studies or something, appreciate that. This will help you make the marriage better. And along with this, number nine, uh, you should give gifts. to each other the gifts don't have to be very fancy and expensive right, fancy, yeah. but the holy prophet muhammad peace yeah, be yeah. upon him said that gifts increase exchanging of gifts exchange, ex- increases love between two people so husband and wife when they give each other something small something big something sm- whatever it is uh, you would notice that it, you know it the people will notice that it will increase their love sometimes uh, uh, women wives would cook something very special for their husbands because they know that they enjoy this food so that is a gift from them sure. it doesn't even have to be going out and purchasing something purchasing something right so a husband coming home he he knows that my wife is very fond of this particular fruit or food or something picks up on the way back from work that is something that can be you know uh, considered a gift so these things also very necessary help, uh, help in the marriage last point that i will uh, mention here again i the list i can add can, many yeah, more things but for due to time i will add one last point that is helping in chores both husband and wife should help each other in uh, getting you know the tasks of the house done maybe cleaning or whatever it might be sure. we read about holy prophet muhammad Salam. peace be upon him that he used to help his you know his household always with the cleanliness or mending clothes or whatever it might be so these are this is just a um, a brief list i would say because uh, this is sure. we're talking about a life that you need to live together these are just some examples and if you follow these rules you can expand them into your life and try to uh, live a more peaceful and harmonious life and and a successful marriage thank you very much um, imam tariq uh, for having taken us through some of the considerations that couples could make and also help them sustain their marriages as muslims the primary um you know source of our education is the holy quran and the holy quran you know is full of verses that guide couples as to how to live and also sustain their marriages you quoted quite you know some of them in chapter number um 4 verse 35 as you quoted the holy quran says men are guardians over women and in chapter number the same chapter basically i think last time we said that the chapter number 4 of the holy quran So to Nisa is dedicated to women basically and most of the things that have to do with women their rights and privileges are treated in that topic and the same chapter number 4 verse 25 also talks about marriage being a permanent relationship and verse 20 of the same chapter talks about the reciprocal of um, respect and rights as as you mentioned 
The second source of our guidance is taken from the Holy Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And um, I would like you to take us through the you know the examples of the Holy Prophet sallallahu and also the promised Messiah, the Holy Founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim Community. I mean, how their marriages were. If you can take us through them. Yes, I mean, uh, we believe that Holy Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam was, uh, you know, that person upon whom the Holy Quran was revealed sure. and he was that first person to show us who showed us in perfect manner that how one can live the life that is mentioned in the Holy Quran so when we look at how he treated you know uh, his wives his spouses we see that he always treated them with kindness with respect with love we don't find examples of him getting angry and shouting and saying bad words or anything like that to his to 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 any of his wives sure we read that you know we you can go through the entire uh, history of the you know the life of prophet peace be upon him basically whether by muslims or by non muslims there is nothing exactly yeah. you will not find anything where uh, he um, treats mistreats any woman particularly his wives and you would find his wives rather st stating many, many good things about him that how he was one of the best, not one of the, the best husband sure. uh, that they could ever ask for, one that took care of them in every single situation. Regarding Prophet, peace be upon him, it is, we notice, I mean, without going into any examples, I would just to keep it short, we see examples of him addressing his wives particularly uh, the uh, wife Hazrat Aisha addressing her with the you know her nickname or other kind and loving nicknames sure. that that he had for her right it seems like a small thing but it is something that shows you that husband and fi uh, and uh, wife need to have that kind of relationship sure, sure. where they're addressing each other with politeness and even if one person prefers a nickname using that nickname to show love and affection and closeness to that person i think i quoted this previously as well that uh, the holy prophet peace be upon him uh, one of his wives said that uh, we, the prophet whenever we were sure, eating sure. food together and we were drinking water from the same uh, cup or vessel, the Prophet would drink from the same place sure. where I had drank, drank from. Yeah. The same place where I had drank from. This was a mere, you know, um, an example, sure. a very powerful example of showing love towards, uh, towards your spouses. Sure. Right? It is an example for all of us. If being a righteous man, the founder of a religion, one commissioned by God to teach us the religion, if such a person shows love and affection to his to his wife in this manner, it is an example for all of us that we should not consider ourselves to be more righteous sure. than yeah. the founder himself, than the prophet himself. Right. So, in another place, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said that putting food, putting a morsel of food in your wife's mouth is an act of charity, it's sure. an act of kindness. Yeah. So you, you notice that even something like this, he said that we should do more often. Even though he's just teaching us that charity could be done in any way, sure. but he's the example that he is giving, and we see that uh, many Muslims try to follow this example, sure. that they, they, they try to, out of affection and love, feed their spouses. Right. So this is an example that how the Prophet, peace be upon him, taught us, and he lived 
this example that he would show affection love and kindness to his wife and it's also stated that uh, he used to have like co- competition yes yeah with yes. with his wife he used to it is mentioned that race. one of his wives he like, yeah. a racing competition sure. a race uh, that who you know reaches from point a to point sure. b faster so th- again this is just a way of showing affection and love and uh, you know bringing some joy into the household and sometimes it is stated that the wife will win and sometimes he exactly. will win yeah <laughs> uh, another example uh, i just find of very kindness and affection that the prophet showed it is mentioned that um, the prophet peace be sorry, upon him sorry. during the month of ramadan was staying at the mosque for the last 10 days of ramadan yeah. he would stay there and worship god in observing itikaf observing itikaf yeah. in islamic terminology and one of his wives visited him just one evening um, just to maybe see him or to drop off food or whatever it might be and after uh, when she was going back considering that it was late the prophet peace be upon him went with her to take her to her house basically where she resided and him going back to the mosque where he was living in sure. seclusion for those 10 10 or 10, 10 days basically so this shows the care that he showed the honor that he gave to his wife taking her you know back to the house and giving her that kind of respect somebody that let me take care of you you know somebody would think i mean taking your wife back home is not a big deal but then going under the concept of itikaf when muslims you know um retire to the mosque in the last 10 days of the month of ramadan they don't actually get out you know they avoid yeah, avoid it yeah, yeah. They, they avoid avoid getting out if if so much you know uh necessary so that that was some kind of exceptional you know undertaking that he took to yeah. accompany the wife now i mean very quickly i'll give the examples from the founder of ahmadiyya muslim community as well yeah. whom we believe to be the promised messiah the one sure. that was promised and foretold uh in the, in the holy quran in the sayings of the prophet bible. muhammad peace be upon him as well as in older scriptures such as sure. bible and prophet jesus peace be upon him also foretold about him so we believe he is the perfect um, example of how to follow the the Islam, life yeah. or uh, you know prophet muhammad peace be upon him in this sure. day and age so when we look at him i'll just mention one uh, incident here because of shortage of time uh, his wife hazrat amma jan which sure. uh, you know she's referred as in our community uh, she says that one time she cooked some sweet rice Sure. This was really, you know when they had newly gotten married she yeah. she cooked some sweet rice and uh, according to the narration she says i put about four times more sugar four times more sugar <laughs> than a normal sweet sure. rice as it is cooked in in that part of the kind of world so and and she says that it was too late for me to restart the cooking because meal time was already there so uh, the uh, the promised messiah peace yeah, be upon him uh, you know still just had to try those anyways and then he, he had some and then he said that no they're perfectly fine there's nothing wrong with them you know so of course the the lady would feel that kind of <laughs> guilt that uh, my cooking did not go well at least for today and um as general would be expecting that the husband might rebuke her or you know express that kind of discomfort that why did you do it this way why did it go i mean wrong this way however instead of the husband saying that what you are saying i mean from the narration that he said yeah this is even how i like it though he himself knew that there was something <laughs> wrong with it but in order not to let the wife feel bad he said yeah he this is how it. i like it but for a peaceful home this example sure. is perfect sure. look at the wife trying to take care of the husband's sure. feelings trying to do something nice for sure. her, for him 
and the husband trying to take care of the wife's feelings not e- even when the meal has gone bad sure. he's 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 praising, praising it he's still saying sure. that you have done well uh, before we wrap up i want to give one more example sure it is mentioned that during the time of promise messiah peace be upon him they had a small courtyard small area in front of their house where where they could uh, sit and uh, it, it, during the summer nights uh, they would sleep outside this is the custom especially in that part of the world in india or pakistan that people sleep outside uh, in the summer months and uh, so that area what you know if the rain would come then it would create some kind of difficulty so the wife suggested to promise messiah peace be upon him that we cover the area if not entirely part of it with some kind of roof so that uh, you know we can at least store some things and we don't have to take everything inside if the rain comes sure so uh, the promised messiah peace be upon him said that no problem we'll get it done and he gave the instruction to the you know whoever was to carry it out later some of his companions said that uh, some of very well sure. known and close companions said that uh, that uh, you know he listened to his wife yeah if you're listening to your wife this this is not a good suggestion because what would happen is that the air will not pass through your uh, house well enough not enough light will reach there and they listed so many other problems and what not but his response was the promised messiah that god has given me a blessed wife sure right one that takes care of me in all matters helps me in all matters i i should respect her opinion in sure. this case so for this reason i'm going to do as she has suggested even if those opinions might be right that the people are giving sure. but sometimes if the opinion of your partner if it is not entirely wrong sometimes you should make sacrifices sure. and compromise and you know um, this is what makes a marriage work to accommodate that to opinion to accommodate the even opinion if later on maybe certain um corrections could be made at least you accommodate it and then let them also feel that yeah we can also contribute to the exactly. decision making of the many a times we notice that we our spouses will suge- suggest us something we go outside and we hear a different opinion and we come back in a very stern manner that no this is uh, what you have suggested is completely false you know it, it is bad for this 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 reason but look at the example of promise messiah peace be upon him honoring his wife respecting her as much as possible in every situation this is how marriages work this is uh, it's not easy you know it's sure, a lifetime course. journey yeah, sure. life is not easy but if you follow these principles and uh, as we mentioned right at the beginning that when we are choosing the life partner our aim is to find a righteous partner things start falling into the place and marriages and life becomes an easier journey and how homes become peaceful and harmonious and i think with those um wonderful ex- examples from the um the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and also the holy founder of the ahmadiyya muslim community um the promised messiah ali sallallahu alaihi wasallam we would draw the curtain on today's program and i should say a very big thank you to you for uh, sparing some time joining us today on voice of islam and also same goes to my listeners without whose effort on listening um attention voice of islam wouldn't be the program it is this is all our time would allow us for today's program and until we come your way next time uh, next week with another interesting episode which um by preempting it is also going to be around um, marriage i think next week we, we have to try and look at divorce 
if, yes. if, if, if time, I mean, we, we have that time. We look at divorce and the effect of it and other, other, other factors. So until we bring you our next program from the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here in Jamaica, it is love for all and hatred for none. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Salli ala karimina Salli ala muhammadin Salli ala Jamal Lee.